0: Episode We'll be talking more about personal injury lawsuits. So, before we get started on our next episode, will you want to recap what we talked about last week? Certainly, Sarah. So, last week, what we were talking about, and through these few episodes here, we are talking about the process of a car accident, which can sometimes be called a personal injury accident. So, what we talked about last time is you're driving down the road and you've gotten in a car wreck, and the things that you do right after that accident. Now, what the things that you want to think about are making sure that everybody's okay, taking pictures, getting other drivers' names, uh, maybe writing down exactly what happened and how you're feeling when the accident occurred or at that moment, making sure to call 911 so there's a police report of the accident. Those kind of things are the first kind of things that, that you want to do when an accident occurs. And keep in mind... When you're trying to remember how to do all those things, and and did I get everything right after the accident, you've just gone through a traumatic event. And even myself, who does personal injury type law for a living, I had something like this happen to me just yesterday. I had my car broken into, and there's stuff all thrown over the inside of the car. Well, instead of not touching anything and letting the cop show up and take fingerprints, I did a mad dash to touch everything and see what was gone and what was there instead of not touching anything. So even I, who should know more than anyone what to do, forget the protocols that are in your quote-unquote best interest when something traumatic happens. So, But you do the best you can. You take pictures, you make notes, and then uh, after you've gotten through the accident, you may go seek medical treatment And then uh, you tell your insurance company that you've been in an accident, and you may start the process of hiring an attorney to represent you in regard to this personal injury accident. And we touched on some of that last week about where you want to start, who you may want to hire as far as an attorney, what goes into that decision. And that's some things that uh, take a lot of time and things that You know you want to make it's a very important decision because that attorney is going to be hopefully looking out for your best interest over the next few months so um where can you find a good attorney like how much would they cost or charge so when you're looking for a good attorney there are all kinds of definitions of a good attorney When people ask me for advice about attorneys on a cost front, I say, well, and we talked about this some last week, if you pay a dollar for a hamburger at McDonald's, you know what you're going to get. And if you pay $10 at Litton's for a hamburger, you know what you're going to get. So cheapest isn't always the best quality. As far as a personal injury accident, almost across the board in the state of Tennessee, what you're going to have is a contingency fee arrangement with your an attorney, and this will be a contract that you sign with your attorney. They are going to, in all likelihood, ask for a third of the recovery, 33% of whatever you get. So if you know you get in an accident and the insurance company for the other driver, it's his fault, and they pay you $100,000. Well, right off the top, your attorney is going to get $33,000 out of that settlement. That is their fee. Now, if they don't get anything or you go to trial, all the way through trial, and you don't recover anything, the jury says you're not entitled to anything, you probably don't owe your attorney any money as part of his fee. Now, in a lot of contracts, contingency fee agreements, the agreement will say, if the attorney pays any cost out on your behalf, hires an expert, uh, sends off letters that cost like for certified mail, which is usually six bucks sometimes, or you know ha- hires a court reporter to type down what's going on in hearings, there are all costs associated with that that the attorney will typically pay on the front end on your behalf. Now, if you win, on top of the $33,000 you're recovering, you will have to pay them back all of those expenses. That's something else you will have to pay them. If you lose at trial, you may have to pay those expenses back to the attorney. You may not. It depends on the agreement you reach with your attorney. So, that's something you want to be mindful of. Hopefully, you don't lose at trial, but if you do, you may have to pay back those expenses at the back end even if you lose your case. So that's just something that you want to be aware of as part of your agreement that you have with your attorney. So before you assign um, sign an agreement or anything with an attorney and you're meeting them, what do you need to bring before you, when you meet them? That's a good question. Now I just met with a new personal injury client just the other day and they brought with them, they had a folder. They were very well prepared. They had a folder of all the things that they, you know, were going on in their case. They had a tab with police report. They had a tab with medical bills. They had a tab with missed work. They had all this documentation related to their accident. Now, keep in mind, most people are not that well prepared. They are not that organized. I'm not that well organized, but she was very thorough. I was very impressed and she had typed out a list of questions she had for me of things to ask about her case and we went through them one by one what you know she wanted had questions that she wanted answered and obviously if I didn't know the answers to those questions she was probably gonna go walk back out the door and find somebody else to represent her but she wanted to know that I was competent that I could answer her questions and that she was comfortable with the answers I provided to her. I wasn't trying to, um, you know, lie to her or make up an answer or, you know, dodge the question. And when I presented her with the agreement, we went through it paragraph by paragraph, the three or four page document to make sure that she understood what was in it and that we, you know, we had an understanding of what was going on in regard to what she should expect and what I would expect from her. I didn't want her to be surprised at the end that, you know, the cost that I was going to have to front for her, you know, she was going to have to pay for them on the end of the settlement. What do you do if you want to settle a case on your own? So what I tell people is now if somebody has a thousand dollars in medical expenses and they're coming to me and they want me to represent them well if i take a third of that that's three hundred dollars and if they have five hundred dollars in in medical expenses that have to be paid back to somebody they're looking at getting two hundred dollars one that's not worth it to me to do that work it has to be uh cost effective or worth the attorney's time to take the case as well he has the option to say no if somebody comes to him and they have a case he doesn't want to take they say so my threshold is if somebody has medical expenses of ten thousand dollars or more i tell them okay this is probably worth an attorney you getting an attorney and an attorney will probably want to take your case now i've taken cases for less money but at the the $10,000 is the threshold at which I tell people, if it's less than this, it's probably in your best interest to try to settle it yourself because the money is so low that you won't get enough money to make it worth your time to get an attorney. Now, I had somebody not that long ago come and hire me. His medical expenses were $1,500. And he said, look, Jed. I don't care. I told him, I said, I will get more money out of this case than you will. And he said, I don't care. I just want the hospital to stop calling me and trying to get me to pay this medical bill. That's the responsibility of somebody else because they hit me. And I said, okay. And we just settled his case the other day, and he could not be happier. He was completely happy that these people were going to stop calling him, and he got a little bit of money out of it too. And he was happy with the money he got. So there are different thresholds there, but but if I was gonna, if you were gonna ask me, my case has five thousand in medical expenses. I don't want to deal with it, as long as there's an understanding between the person and the attorney as to you know how much money they're expecting to get out you may want to go get an attorney for less money but you may not because the money the attorney takes is going to be larger than the money you get back would there ever be a case when you sue someone that has the same insurance as you yes there would be a potential situation where you would run into somebody or somebody would run into you where you all both have Allstate insurance. What happens in that case is that the insurance company is required, say you are the person who got hit, Allstate is required to provide a defense to the other driver to defend against your claim, even though you all have the exact same insurance. So, what effectively will happen is, is because the same company is trying to represent their interests and not pay any money, and you want them to pay money to you on the other person's policy, is you'll have to go hire an attorney anyway. So, essentially, you will go find a personal injury or car accident attorney who will sue the other driver and the your own insurance company for them to pay you if you can't settle it there is a separation of the two even though you have coverage with the same policy so that sounds very confusing but essentially what i'm telling you is is that you will end up having to potentially sue your own insurance company if they won't pay out your claim wouldn't the insurance company want to protect themselves well, they do, and that's why they put up such a fight even when you're insured with them. So they'll say, okay, even though uh, Jed's done a great job of paying his premiums every single month, well, Sarah over here has Allstate as well, and we don't want her policy to have to pay out, so we're going to re- deny uh, Jed any money even though he pays his premiums my insurance won't come into play unless they say it's my fault. All their objective is to protect Sarah's policy from paying any money to me. What if you experience a medical, medical condition that you didn't realize was a result of your accident? And it's more than a, a year later that it determined that the accident is to blame. Okay. Well then you would be in big trouble if that was the case. From the date of your accident, you have one year, 365 days to file a claim. You could actually file, say our accident happened on November 18th. You could file November 18th of the next year would be the very last day you could file a lawsuit. So you've gone through the whole year, you're getting medical treatment, you've hired an attorney or you've not hired an attorney and you've all the exchange numbers, they want to pay you $5,000, you want $100,000 and you've just finally come to a point where they say, look, we understand what you want, we're not giving you that much money. And you say, well, I don't want what they're offering me. So I guess I'm going to have to sue them. Now you don't necessarily, you actually you don't mention the insurance company in the lawsuit. You actually sue the other driver and the insurance company provides the defendant an attorney that the insurance company pays for, okay? But what you actually do is sue the other driver. You've gone through the whole thing. And you have a year to file the lawsuit. Well, what if you get in an accident and you realize, hey, I'm not hurt. I'm okay. I'll just go home and I, I won't worry about it. They fixed my vehicle. It's all good. Well, if by some crazy thing you go a year before you have any problems and then all of a sudden you're, you lean over one day and your back starts hurting and you go to the doctor and the doctor says... Mr. McKeon, have you ever been in a car accident? And you said, well, yeah, actually, I was in an accident about a year and a half ago. He said, well, I think uh, your, your back injury is related to your car accident that you were in when you were rear-ended. You've never had any back problems before, and as far as I can tell, this is the only thing that would cause this kind of back pain to you. Well, in that case, you are completely out of luck. You have no recourse to sue them. Uh, if you know that you've been in an accident and that uh, you, you should have sued them, you had a property damage claim, well, then your year has passed and they are going to argue that uh, you have no ability to sue them whatsoever. Now, there is some argument to be made that you have from the date of discovery of an injury that you could potentially sue them after that, a year after that. But that's gonna be a tough one to argue if you knew you were in an accident and you waited more than a year to bring any kind of a- uh, action against them. So I would tell you, if you've been in an accident at all, you definitely wanna get yourself checked out within a year because if it gets close to a year's time frame, you're gonna to wanna to file that lawsuit to preserve your cause of action is what it's called. Can you record a call? So when you're discussing whether you have an attorney or not, um, you're going to get phone calls from the other insurance company. Uh, You're going to get phone calls from medical providers wanting you to pay these bills that are the fault of somebody else. The best thing you can do is try to keep some sort of written or audio record of what's gone on. And the answer is yes, you can record a call. In the state of Tennessee, if there is a phone call and at least one person knows that it's being recorded, then you can absolutely record a call. And that way you know what you've said to the person. You know what uh, has they've asked you and what you've answered so that if you do come to a trial later on down the road, that you, know, you can line up your testimony and they're not going to hit you over the head and say, well, didn't a year ago you say that it was uh, the afternoon when this happened and then, All of a sudden, you think it's the morning. Well, now you know for a fact that it's the afternoon. We have a few more questions before we wrap up. In a settlement, what do you get paid for? If you get to a point where you are settling the case and you say, okay, I'm going to take a check from the insurance company for the other driver. I'm going to settle my case. What you will get paid for is your medical bills. Those are factored into what they will pay you. They will pay for any kind of lost wages. If you have a spouse who's part of the settlement, they might get a loss of consortium claim, which means that you aren't able to provide and care for the household and they've had to pick up some of the duties around the house or provide more. You might get compensated for scarring that you have on your body or burns or things of that nature. And the big one is pain and suffering. If you have $10,000 in medical expenses, you might get $30,000 in a settlement, let's say. Well, what's that amount above the $10,000? is what we call pain and suffering. Your back pain that you had to go to the doctor for, that is what they're paying that amount well and above the $10,000 for. And that's the, the crux of where the attorney's fees comes from as well as the money that the uh, person settling gets to put in their pocket at the end of the case. What if you think the other person is is faking or lying? If I'm representing somebody in a personal injury case, then I'm going to be potentially trying to get a settlement out of someone. And say that other person is telling the insurance company, no, the accident didn't happen that way. It happened this way, and they're at fault, not me. Well, they are probably, unless proof to the contrary, going to have to sue them. That's why there are lawsuits, because... There is a disagreement. Someone may be faking, someone may be lying, or they may just have different opinions as to how things occurred. That is going to be why you hire an attorney potentially because the other person is faking or lying. You can't prove it by yourself, so you hire an attorney to go to bat for you. That's why you hire a plumber to go to bat for you when you have plumbing issues. That's why you hire an attorney to go and fight for you and disprove when someone is faking or lying. So that, that's kind of uh, where you are on the issues before you file a lawsuit. Thinking about where, what we would talk about next is you've hired an attorney, you're filing a lawsuit, and walking through that process after the years come up or you've realized you're not going to be able to settle the case at, before you file a lawsuit and what the next steps for your case may be.